Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. So today's focus is going to be leadership development. And the minute I say that word or that phrase, it means so many different things to so many people. It is a overused phrase. And it can mean anything from taking a training course once a year to a full-blown holistic leadership training process that actually very few organizations have. What I want to focus on as I talk about leadership development is a very specific approach. It is a big industry, hundreds of millions of dollars a year in the United States alone are spent on leadership development. But what's being developed? Are we developing skills? Are we developing a mindset? Are we developing emotional intelligence? Are we developing greater competencies, greater capacities? And the answer should be yes to all of those. But you can't do that piecemeal. When we think about what leadership development really is, it's preparing the leader first to lead themselves well and then lead other people well. That's a premise that we believe firmly in. How can you be a good leader if you can't lead yourself well first? If you have things that get in the way of your performance, of your leadership, of your influence, of your ability to connect with people and build trust with people, it's going to be a lot harder to be a good leader. Another thing I want to stress here, at least from my perspective, my opinion, leadership and management are not the same thing. There will be people out there that will disagree with me, and that's perfectly fine. You're certainly welcome to your opinion. To me, management is about the tactical side of running a team. Leadership is about the people side of running a team. It is about how we connect and build trust, how we gain influence, how we cast a vision, how we engage people. Whereas the management side is much more about, did you do it? Did you do it right? Did you do it on time? Great. Check the box. The way that leadership development is perceived is absolutely going to determine how much gets invested in leadership development. If owners, senior leaders do not see great worth in that, then what are you going to do? I mean, you just you send them off to a conference once a year, your leaders, and hope that things go well, and hopefully they'll pick up some new skills, or maybe they'll just learn it on their own. That's not great leadership in itself. Uh, I, I always remember this joke. I, I don't know where it came from, but 
somebody told me this joke a long time ago. A CEO and a CFO were sitting in the CEO's office. They were debating how much they were going to invest in leadership development. The CEO said, well, we really need to invest in our leaders and grow them. And the CFO came back and said, yeah, but if we do that, what if they leave us? We will have lost that investment. To which the smart and wise CEO came right back and said, yeah, what if we don't invest in their leadership skills and they stay? I love that because it really points out how important it is to have a focused and intentional approach to leadership development. And where it starts is first just assessing where are your leaders today? Now, let's just take one leader. Let's focus on one leader throughout the episode here. Truly effective leadership development starts with good data. Where do you get good data on a leader? Well, it comes in many different forms. It can be simple observation. It can be assessments. It can be 360 assessments where other people are giving their input related to that leader's performance, their leadership skills. You can do surveys, you can do interviews. There are so many different ways to get good data about how a leader is actually showing up to lead others. The purpose of these is to gain insight into the individual leader's current leadership skills, the way they practice their leadership, the knowledge they have, and frankly, how effective is it? And here are some key questions to ask when you are determining or assessing the level of someone's leadership. Number one, how self-aware is the leader? Why is that important? Why is self-awareness important? Well, number one, it's one of the one of the big categories of emotional intelligence. But think about it practically. If a leader is not self-aware, they don't know how they're showing up and how they're impacting other people. They don't know if they're having a good impact or a bad impact. They don't see the blind spots in themselves. They don't see when they're putting up a mask or a facade to hide some of their deficiencies. That's why self-awareness is such a critical skill set. Number two, how well do they manage themselves in their role? Self-management. Well, that kind of goes without saying. If you're going to be a good and effective leader, you have to be able to manage yourself well in all kinds of different situations. Number three, how effective are they at self-direction? Sometimes we don't think about that in a leader. We just assume leaders know how to self-direct, you know, how to, how to lead themselves, how to choose what to do next, what are the priorities, where, where do we go from here? But self-direction is so important 
because it also sends out messages to the team about how well prepared the leader is, how much they believe in the effort and the vision, how much they can impact others and can support others in achieving the goals that are out there. Here's the next one. How well do they balance people needs with organizational needs? That's a very interesting measure. There's a continuum with people being on one side and organizational needs being on the other. And leaders will fall somewhere between those two endpoints. They will fall somewhere in between. But where is it? Is it in the middle where it's very balanced? Or is it well to one side or the other where the other might be neglected? So for instance, if they're lean very heavily toward people and they're focused on people, are they doing what they need to be doing to ensure organizational needs are being met? And the last one I want to talk about here is very similar to that one I just described. How well do they balance strategy with operations? Think of strategy if it is what it is. Think of the long-term outlook. What, how are we going to plan? What goals? What strategic goals? What strategies will we put in place for now, for next year? Operations is the more tactical and the more now. The things that are going on right now. That's another continuum that you will find the leader somewhere on that. And you can start to see how if they are leaning more toward operations versus the strategic, they become very much a first aid kit kind of approach. Everything's a quick problem. Let's fix it. Let's, let's put a Band-Aid on it. Let's get it taken care of. But we're never really moving the ball forward in a bigger way because strategy suffers. Those are some of the key questions you can ask as you assess someone's leadership. And there are many, many more. I just wanted to give you a few that I hope will provoke some thought and consideration and maybe even the start of an assessment process for leaders that you know. So those first three items, those first three bullet points are pretty much internal factors. Self-awareness, self-management, self-direction. The last two are external performance measures. And so you can see we're looking both inside the leader and outside the leader. You know what the best part of this is? All of these things can be measured through specific assessments. And even better than that, these assessment reports provide actionable data. I want to stress that phrase, actionable data, and there's a reason for that. There are all kinds of leadership assessments out there. But if it does not provide actionable data, data that you can turn into KPIs, turn into goals and objectives. If that assessment does not provide that kind of data, then I don't know what you're getting out of it. 
because I have looked for years, uh, actually many years, to identify assessments that really allow not just insight, not just information, but actionable data. Otherwise, we're just assessing to assess. We're just testing to test. And that's not helpful. It's not productive. We need to have a pathway that comes out of the assessment process for leadership development success. And to do that, you need actionable data. One of the most difficult things to do is to create good leadership developmental KPIs. And we have just solved that problem with a set of assessments and, don't forget, observations, interviews, maybe 360s, all of that comes together to give us an excellent 360 view of how that leader is showing up. Now let's figure out what do we do with that data? Now that we have good data, actionable data, we can work with a leader to create a developmental pathway that is designed for the unique needs of their leadership. And that's critical. I want to make sure that point gets across because, and I know sometimes I repeat myself, but generally when it's pretty important, not all leadership development is designed for the unique needs of a specific leader. So how do we go about doing that? Here are some ideas in how to equip leaders. Number one, and I highly recommend this, give them the opportunity to go through a 360 leadership assessment where you are bringing in supervisor, peers, direct reports, and others as different groups to give that leader basically hold a mirror up to them from each of those groups to see what their leadership looks like to each of those groups. The Leadership 360 that we use comes from Six Seconds. It's called Vital Signs. I love that name because it is incredibly descriptive of what you get out of these assessments. It is very specific information, very actionable data, and I have used this for years, and it has been incredibly effective in the leadership development process. You have to help the leader understand how they're showing up to other groups and other people right now so they can see what needs to be addressed. Maybe it's leveraging some strengths. Maybe it's filling some gaps. And maybe it's developing some new skills. That is the beauty of a 360 leadership assessment. There's coaching, and I highly recommend coaching if you're serious about leadership development. And I know I'm a coach, and, and okay, I've got a bias about this, but I know the difference it has made for so many people. They need a coach. Think about it this way. I don't know a single professional athlete that doesn't have at least one coach. 
Now you say, okay, I'm not a professional athlete or my leaders are not professional athletes. I don't care. They are professionals, especially when they get to a leadership level. So are they not worth investing in a good coach to help them? And I will talk about coaching in another episode because I think there's a specific way to do that. Not just anybody can be an effective leadership coach. And there's a lot of folks out there that say they are. We'll talk about that in another episode. And by the way, if you're interested in the return on investment, I know I hear this all the time from owners. Okay, sure. But what am I going to get back from giving you money? Well, in our experience, in our company, when we work with someone in coaching, in training, in development, when we really do the whole package, for every dollar somebody spends with us, the minimum that they will get back is $7. And it has gone as high as $23 for every dollar they spend with us. We keep records. We track that. I'm not sure what the most recent data is across the board, but I have seen numbers much higher than that. Frankly, it kind of makes sense. If you can help leaders avoid pitfalls and mistakes, make good decisions, enhance their own skills, there's going to be a huge return on investment in that. So the next part is training. And not just this seminar or that webinar, a very focused and intentional approach that is well designed for that specific leader. The beauty of that is you can create a framework for leadership development that works with all of your leaders and then fine tune it for the individual leader. That's what we do. And it's a highly effective method of training, but it isn't the random training every once in a while that somebody goes to and hopefully they pick something up. And here's some things to think about. How good are your leaders at management skills, just basic management skills? Can they create an environment of accountability in their teams? Do they know how to hire right? Can they coach and train their people effectively? Do they know how to conduct performance improvement discussions and plans. Training in specific skills is critical to leadership development. It is by far one of the biggest gaps that we see today with with leaders. They're maybe pretty good on the leadership people side, but I'm seeing a big gap on the management skills side. I hear this from owners all the time. Another thing to do is mentor. Find them a good mentor. Maybe it's somebody in the organization or somebody who has retired from the organization. But a mentor is different from a coach. A mentor has worked in the organization, understands the uniqueness of the organization, and can help that leader through that process. And really, all of us who are leaders should be mentors to our people. The last one is resource. Make sure that you give your leaders the resources they need to move forward effectively, to develop their skills, to bring their focus to bear on creating the skills they need that may not be there already, and 
support them through that process. The key to success when you're equipping leaders, and that's what this is all about, is to create a well-considered and intentional development plan. Get their commitment to invest their time and effort into it. That's really important. You can't develop somebody else. They have to choose to do the work so they can develop themselves. But we can guide them. We can give them the resources, materials, trainings, coaching, and all of that. But they're the ones that are going to have to put it into practice. And we also want to ensure that when we create a developmental pathway, a leadership development plan, that the expectations, the measures, timeframes, everybody understands with full clarity what those things are. A key point, if I could only train or coach in one area, if that's all I was limited to in an organization, it would be emotional intelligence because it is the one skill that is the most predictive of success in leaders. And if you want more on that, go to our website, go to the six seconds, six the number, seconds.org website. There are tons of case studies, research about this. Equipping is such an important part of a development plan and leadership development because it allows the leader to practice. So where do we go from here? So we have gone through the assessment process. We have equipped by developing a plan, put the right resources in place, the right training, the coaching support, the mentor, all of those things are in place. But without this final step, it can still go sideways. And that final step is alignment. Now that we've done all of that other work, without alignment, leaders may just set off on their own direction. And that diminishes the potential for organizational success. So alignment becomes critical. How do we align when it comes to leadership development? First, identify the specific areas to develop that's going to help your leader the most in the short term. I want to focus on that just a second. What's going to help them the most right now? Second, consider the organization's strategic goals and then cascade those down to the specific leader and their responsibilities, their accountabilities. You can then align the leader's goals to the strategic organizational goals. The next, have the leader create a success pathway for their team and for each individual on their team. And a success pathway is simply in this role, this is how you get to success. The more clarity there is around that, the better it will be. And there is other information on our website about that. The last one, put in place specific accountability practices to ensure success. I mean, that's common sense, right? Well, you may be thinking, what does some of this have to do with leadership development? I mean, I've talked about a lot of other stuff in here. 
there are three stages to effective learning and development. Engage, activate or practice, and reflect. Think about what's happened. What did you learn from it? Engaging the leader, you show them the value and the vision of growing their leadership capacity and competency. You activate by designing a development plan where they can embrace the learning and then put the learning into practice. Learning without practice is nowhere near as effective. And then you reflect on what worked, what didn't work, and what they can learn from this. This is actually an iterative cycle. Engage, activate, reflect. Engage, activate, reflect. Every time the cycle starts over, new learning and development has happened. That's the beauty of this process. If you want a truly effective and impactful leadership development effort, this approach is a proven method to get the results desired. Like many things in life, the more you put into it, the more you'll get out of it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.